Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Dennis, good morning. Thanks, as always, for joining us. How are you? I am good. How are you guys? Doing very well. And, of course, after last night, there's going to be some questions. I was taken aback by Clemson being number two, and I know that eventually things can change and change a lot. But I really thought that Oklahoma should have been there with their resume. And it seems like the committee is hung up on their defense. Uh, what was your take on Clemson being number two and also the committee's take on knocking that Oklahoma defense as much as they are and determining where they should be in the top four? Yeah, I thought that was a bit uh, unfair. Uh, the fact that they did that, if they're going to value defense over offense, I'll, I'll name names here. I, I saw Danny Etling keep uh, – keep LSU from uh, it being a one score game at Alabama by overthrowing two or three more two or three guys who were wide open. So what are we talking about here? Uh, we're talking about at, with Oklahoma, a generational team that may have to outscore everybody to get to the playoff. And I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, Sam, Sam Bradford played for a 2018 that played for the national championship scored the most points since Minnesota, I think, in 1916. So I, I, I did have a problem with that. Yeah, it's interesting uh, that they discount what Oklahoma is doing currently because uh, I've seen this Oklahoma team in, in past years go up against SEC defenses. Just a year ago, a very good Auburn defense, which is right there good again this year, and they put 35 on them and beat them in the Sugar Bowl, Alabama, a few years earlier that with Trevor Knight, uh, of all people. So that was very interesting. Uh, when you look at uh, – I, I went – you go down a, a little bit in, the, in this uh, deal, and Ohio State, were they right there at uh, eight? Uh, in, in the rankings and nine, nine. I mean nine in the yeah. rankings and and you know I, I say the, the top seven they control their own destiny let's say Ohio State wins out uh, and, and now they're sitting there and even though Bill Hancock has been adamant that a two-loss champion will not get in how do you leave them out now if they can knock off you know Michigan who's ranked and let's say Michigan knocks off Wisconsin this week then you have that big one and then you have Ohio State and Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game now Michigan uh, or Ohio State beats one loss Wisconsin. They you got to leave them out with that brand recognition? No, and I think that uh, I don't think you do leave them out and I think that rubs a lot of people the wrong way at the same time just because the taste they left in people's mouths last year when Penn State was left out as the Big 10 champion and Ohio State gets in and gets skunked by Clemson. In other words, what were they doing there? But yeah, brand recognition is a lot I think eight of the top nine really control their own destiny. Only number eight, Notre Dame, doesn't. I don't see a scenario when, where they get in. Uh, you have to understand that two of the top four play each other. So Clemson and Miami play each other. So there's going to be a spot there if everybody else wins out. So what happens there? Does, does Auburn control its own destiny by winning out? Georgia, I think, does by winning out. They, you know, uh, by, win, by beating Georgia Tech and then Alabama. 
uh, not Notre Dame, and, and obviously Ohio State, uh, BJ, because of what you just said. I don't know how you leave them out at 11-2, and two, having beaten Michigan and Wisconsin down the stretch. Uh, the, the downside of that is two blowout losses by 46 combined points, one of them at home. But at that point, I don't know who else you put in. Um, yeah, I, I don't think you put in Notre Dame that doesn't play that 13th game. Gio and Jones with Dennis Dodd across the country on CBS Sports Radio. We talk about all these teams that control their own destiny if they win out. Which ones, in your opinion, are the most likely to do exactly that? I know it's a tough task to predict the future, as we all know in this business, but who do you feel best about being able to accomplish that? I feel best about Oklahoma. Uh, They're probably going to have to play. They play Kansas, obviously, this week, and that's a walkover. They're probably going to have to play TCU again in the Big 12 championship game on a neutral field in the Jerry Dome. I think they can handle that and finish 12-1. and one. I really feel bullish right now on Auburn um, getting through. Uh, again, I don't see how you keep them out after a win over Georgia, Alabama, and then what would be Georgia again. Three At that point, three top seven teams as it stands right now in four weeks. Uh, maybe three top five teams, the way the rankings shake out on December 2nd. I don't know how you keep them out. They've got a quality win, really two quality losses against Clemson. And then LSU, I know they blew a 20 to nothing lead at LSU, but LSU is a ranked team. Uh, they're number 20 this week. Uh, and Auburn's playing as good as anybody right now. I would not want to play them if I were any of these other teams. Let's, I, I agree. Auburn is, is playing some good football. And, and there's another two-loss team. If they go on to beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl and, and then Georgia uh, again in the rematch in the SEC championship game, they're definitely going to be in. But I want to revisit TCU for a moment because now they're, they, they may be without their quarterback, Kenny Hill. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens this weekend. They're, they're going to, to, to that, that, that old bastion of great college football, Texas Tech, in Lubbock. And, you know, okay. anything can happen there. So uh, if they lose that ball game, we may have a rematch of Bedlam in the Big 12 uh, championship game. And that's the question here. Is the, the, the Big 12, are they doing themselves a disservice with this conference championship game with only 10 members? Well, if, if there was ever a, a, a year not to do this, BJ, it's this year. You've got a clear playoff contender in Oklahoma, and you sit there and go, you know, on December 2nd, what are we doing? You know, what, what's the use of playing a three-loss maybe TCU again or a repeat of Bedlam where the statistics show, I remember covering this when they put this game in, you know, the, the metrics show that the team that loses first usually wins the second game. It's just harder to sweep a team that's been beaten the first time. And, and then you just knock your team out. Uh, overall, it's the best strategy for the Big 12 because you have the two best teams playing. Now, the winner of this isn't going to go, whether it's TCU or Oklahoma State. They're, if they win, they're just going to knock Oklahoma off. But what you don't want in the divisional lineup is some four team from a division getting hot and beating your 11 and one team. And, and you're done that way. At least this way in most years, you would hope that you've got two 11 and one teams going against each other and the winner goes not this year. The big 12's in danger. You're right. Do you think that Georgia should have dropped as much as they did? And what are your prospects for them after such a, a, a brutal loss for them where they, they got thoroughly outplayed? 
Well, that's about where I had them because I started looking at it, and I said, well, you got, kind of got to put Auburn ahead of them, don't you, after 40-17, to 17, even though they've got one more loss. As I said, that's a qual- two quality losses for them. Wisconsin undefeated, the, tied with Alabama for the best record in the country. Oklahoma speaks for itself. Miami boat racing Notre Dame. And then the committee, I, I, for some reason, thinks this Clemson team is the second coming of the Army in 1944, <laughs> has them second. You know, they keep talking about, well, they haven't lost a, or the, you know, I think it was Miami hasn't won a road game against a winning team. Okay, we're going to start parsing that now, are we? Clemson lost to a 4-6 and six Syracuse team. And I, I think I heard it right last night. They got credit. For Kelly Bryant being injured, I mean, I yeah. you know, you know, so are we going to drop TCU for Kenny Hill not playing and Clemson gets credit? I had a little bit of a problem with Clemson being so high. Yeah, I, I'm with you, and you also need to factor in that in past years, Florida State it was 2015. Uh, they were uh, 2014. Uh, remember, they they were just squeaking by in their victories, and everyone yeah. was discounting those victories. And you have the same thing with Clemson here, and they also have a loss where Florida State was unscathed, and yet they were still seated number three heading into the college football playoff. Yeah, Clemson still gets you know still gets credit for those three top fifteen wins in September that had never been done before. Uh, but I, I would submit to anyone that they just haven't played as well since then. I was at the Virginia Tech game. That was probably their last dominating performance, so we'll see. Gio and Jones with Dennis Dodd on CBS Sports Radio. Is Alabama the best team in the country right now? No, 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 no. I don't, I don't think it's even close. I think you have to put them up there because of, again, brand recognition. Uh, they, I was at the LSU game. They have – injuries now that are significant injuries they lost two outside linebackers in the opener they lost a couple of linebackers against lsu and i think the result at mississippi state was a combination of that and great coaching by dan mullen and and mississippi state's pretty good i think alabama is really vulnerable right now they've got this mercer game which is really a a bye week a get well week for them but they're walking into the belly of the beast on uh, on november 25th against auburn this is the biggest iron bowl since 2013, they're going to have to get a monster game out of uh, out of Jalen Hurts because I think I think Auburn's tailback match up favorably with the five-headed monster at Alabama right now because they just aren't running that well. Yeah, and and that defense is, is legit. Yeah. There, uh, Kevin Steele has definitely resurrected his his coaching prowess last year and again this year. Georgia, do you think they bounce back? There's some conversation now uh, about whether or not Kirby Smart has worked the guys too hard and, and he's pushed back saying uh, we're going to do what we do, what we've always done, and these guys know what we expect out of them. Uh, this late in the season, everyone's a little concerned that they may have run out of gas last week there on the planes. Yeah, I, look, I think the thing with Georgia was the moment Jake Beeson got injured in the opener, they were living on sort of borrowed time anyway. The fact that they got to this point, unbeaten i think makes kirby smart a coach of the year candidate i think it's been brilliant no team could crack that wall and put the game on uh, jake Fromm until auburn last week that was the key to beating them because they ran the ball well they had a great defense um and finally auburn got to them and said okay jake Fromm, you're going to beat us and obviously he couldn't i mean i i i kept saying through the season it's going to be that game where jake Fromm, you know can't do it nothing against him but a true freshman quarterback, and especially going on the road late in the season in the SEC like that, you know, I don't know if he, he worked them 
too hard. Who knows? He comes from the Nick Saban tree. They both like to practice hard. Nick Saban told me that they haven't, they don't do full padded practices. They don't tackle to the ground and haven't in years. I don't know what that means working them too hard. <laughs> well, they don't have the depth there at Georgia either that uh, no. Alabama enjoys. Nope, they absolutely don't. Is Wisconsin good enough to pull this off and finish the season undefeated? Oh, boy, that's that's really interesting because they haven't played anybody. Iowa was their first-ranked team. Now they play Michigan, which is a ranked team. Um, and I would give it an even shot that Michigan wins in, in Madison. Uh, Wisconsin lost their best receiver last week, and obviously Hornybrook is having issues right now. I, I could see it going either way. I, this might be a magical season for Wisconsin. They Guys, I don't think people know this. Wisconsin is playing – there have been seven – uh, Big Ten championship games. Wisconsin's been in five of them. Mm-hmm. They've won two of them. Mm-hmm. You know, why, why, if they get there, well, they are there. They're already clinched. Why can't they beat Ohio State? I mean, Ohio, we don't know. Uh, Ohio State's like a seven-year-old. We don't know what mood they're going to wake up in <laughs> every day, you know? They get boat raced at Iowa, and then they come back and win big against Michigan State. You know, uh, I, I'll say this. Wisconsin's been a lot more – consistent in ohio state why can't they go to 13 and 0 well we we were tasked with coming up with chaos for the committee last night on inside college football so here's my chaos staying with the big 10 michigan they will go into camp randall this weekend and they're sitting there at 22 in the, the latest college football playoff rankings they knock off uh, a top five Wisconsin. Then I think Wisconsin's removed. Uh, Ohio State, they win. They move into the top five. Michigan knocks off a top five Ohio State yeah. team back to back weekends. Penn State and Michigan State, each they each lose one of their last two ball games. So you got Michigan in the Big Ten championship game in a rematch with Wisconsin, and they defeat Wisconsin. Now, Michigan is sitting there, Big Ten champion, with two losses. I'm just making this up. Hypothetically yeah. speaking, folks out there, because I know they're what is he talking about? We were tasked with creating chaos. That's some crazy chaos there. Now, Michigan, two losses, iconic brand. Do they get in the playoff? That, I hadn't thought of that, BJ. That's a good one. That's the Big Ten version of Auburn. Yep. You know, beating these teams down the stretch. Auburn would be coming from number six. Michigan would be coming from number 24 right. and beating these ranked teams down the stretch. You'd think you would – unless unless in that in that scenario they somehow value uh, Notre Dame at 10-2. and two. But uh, Michigan at 11-2, and two, having beaten three ranked teams down the stretch like that, I think you'd have to give them consideration because, as I said, the SEC has a spot, I think. Yep. I think the Big 12 has a spot because I believe Oklahoma is going to win out. Mm-hmm. The ACC has a spot, but, but that's going to eliminate a, a team. So that means there's going to be one opening in the top four. Could it be number 24, Michigan? That's a good one. Yeah, we keep talking about winning out. I think the committee is going to put in Clemson even if they lose out. <laughs> like they, right, right. Yeah, that's right. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some head coaches here uh, quickly and, and where a couple of iconic brands will go with their next head coach. A separating fact from fiction with the Tennessee job and the Florida job, uh, where do these schools end up with their next leader? Well, I look at it a different way. I think a guy like Dan Mullen is going to have a really good next few weeks. He's going to have his pick of maybe a Nebraska 
uh, Tennessee, Florida as a fallback, and also Mike Norvell at Memphis. He could end up at Arkansas. He could end up at Florida. He could end up at Tennessee. He's really the flavor of the month right now and really a hot, hot coach for what he's done at Memphis, supported by the fact that the last coach there is Justin Fuente is doing great things in, in year two at Virginia Tech. So I think that really helps his case. I, you know, uh, Chip Kelly, I don't know. I know Chip Kelly is, is anxious to get back in. I think that means the college game because I don't know if there's a place for him in the NFL right now. Uh, I see him more as a West Coast guy because he's not perti- his his makeup isn't like uh, you know it's day to day. You guys know it's day to day recruiting in the SEC. That's all they care about every every day uh, in the off season during the season. Not particularly energized to be a good recruiter. Although Steve Spurrier didn't like recruiting either. So. Um, and I and and I think the the number two point in this, there's not going to be enough home run hires to please the fans. What does uh, Oregon State do? What does Arkansas do? What what does Nebraska do mm-hmm. if they don't get Scott Frost? Even if Dan Mullen is available, I think that'll be a, a huge hit to the Nebraska ego if they don't get him. Let me ask you this, Dennis. And I believe you wrote about this a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. About, you were talking about uh, Iowa State and how they turned the program around and. And you know David Montgomery started this tradition of guys working out on Friday nights instead of heading to the yeah. local bar. Uh, he started doing that, and then others caught on. And, and then you know after a while, uh, the place was packed on Friday nights uh, as far as workouts and and things of that nature. Now, what does Iowa State and, and Memphis you just mentioned? What do they now have to do to stop being a stepping stone to bigger jobs? And and I know there was some. There was uh, they recoiled there in Ames when that w- topic was broached about Matt Campbell possibly leaving, and they felt like it was an insult. Hey, we don't want to be a stepping stone; we want to be a destination. Yeah, I, look, I I don't know if that ever ends for programs like that. The situation at Iowa State is good because one, I don't think there's a place for Matt Campbell in the, in these openings I'm mentioning. Certainly not in the SEC. He's a guy from Ohio and and from the Midwest. I don't I don't think that Nick Saban. Good. Nick Saban could do it. Uh, he's from also, the Midwest. Also, the fact that he's got a $9.4 million buyout. Their AD, Jamie Pollard, tells them up front, I want one for one. I want a buyout dollar for every dollar I pay you. So that that in itself is significant for anybody who'd want Matt Campbell. Who, but look, and, and Iowa State is now 6-4. and four. Uh, They do have those two top five wins. Uh, but they've lost a couple since then. But I think he's a fine coach. Uh, but I don't know if Memphis and Iowa State can ever be not be that stepping stone job. Dennis, we love talking to you. Thanks again for the yeah, time man. this morning. All right, man. See you. Thank you. Okay. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.